Startups, scaling small businesses, and enterprises all need strong marketers to grow their revenue. But how can you create a marketing team capable of helping your business grow and scale? In this episode, we'll cover the bases you need to know to build a killer marketing team. We'll chat about hiring, team culture, leadership processes, and more. Are you a startup founder or CMO trying to grow your brand? There's good news. You're not the first. Our growth team is committed to learning and earning the skills and strategies high growth companies have used to build their businesses. And now we're sharing them with you. Welcome to Growth Team Radio. Welcome to Growth Team Radio. I'm your host today, Mallory Kuhn, growth marketer at Lean Labs. I am joined today by Chris Dubois, CEO of Lean Labs, and we're going to be talking about building a marketing team, um, which is something that you have been doing here <laughs> at Lean yeah. Labs. So wow. I'm excited to chat about it. Yeah. So how are you doing today, for starters? Great. Ready to great. Have a fun conversation. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. I think it's going to be a great a great chat today. So let's start real basic. We'll start very high level. What is the role of the marketing team in the B2B environment? So there are going to be opinions. Shocker. Right. <laughs> oh, no. Um, <laughs> what? People don't have those. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people come in believing that the marketing team is just responsible for building awareness and getting leads. Right. Just show up, do this. Um, a lot of a lot of leaders, I'm sure, like CEOs who don't necessarily understand marketing because they just don't have a big, good background in it, um, will will say paid ads is really like where where it comes to like <laughs> get me get me something um, that just drives people to the website. Uh, over time, I think a lot more people are adopting more of the growth marketing approach, where it's the marketing team has their hands in everything, right? right. There's you're, yeah, you are trying to build awareness. You're trying to acquire leads, but you're also trying to activate those leads right through nurturing so you can get them in the hands of sales. And then you're actually working with the sales team to, to figure out what objections are people raising? What, right, what are, in their words, how are they framing their problem? Because if we can create the content ahead of time to help address these things, now we're going to get more people actually getting on the phone with sales. We're, we're also going to uh, probably shorten that sales cycle. So a lot of their objections are already handled before they even get on the phone. And then when, when the success team is working with these customers, right, let's capture those results. Let's get testimonials. Let's keep like funneling people back into the pipeline, um, generating more awareness and everything with, with all these stories and referrals so that we now have a, a full, like the flywheel, right? Just this machine that's going to keep generating leads. Uh, but it requires the marketing team to be involved in every aspect. And then you have like your internal marketing stuff, right? How do we make sure that the message we're putting out, everybody inside the company is on board with and how we do things and the mission and all of that. And you can really lean on a marketing team to do all of that because that's what they should be good at. Yeah. So would you say one of the most common misconceptions that you see about a marketing team among, you know, your peers, other CEOs and stuff is... Uh, just kind of a, a lack of understanding of the expanse of what marketing can be. Um, yeah. A lot of, first, a lot of um, people without marketing background feel feel like it's a faucet that you can just like turn on, right? And, yeah. that's, and that's it. And there's like, there's lead gen versus like brand building. Like sometimes, yeah, if you're a smaller company, right? You got to pay to keep the lights on. And so maybe we do have to do things like, like ads and stuff, yeah, you know, like literally go and knock on some doors to like get people interested, hand out flyers, like 
go crazy. Uh, <laughs> ideally, as that company's growing, you start getting some recognition, you got results you can point to, things like that. You're able to start focusing more on brand, right? Not every piece of content needs to, to be like this hard hitting like sales pitch to get them to the next step. Instead, you, can st- I, you need to keep putting a next step in everything, right? Nothing should dead end. Um, but it needs to be very like, let's just build trust. And if we can inspire action through what we're doing, awesome. And then you build that brand up really well. Um, I think it was Seth Godin had a good uh, comparison where if you if you took like the Marriott, right? Hotel chain and asked the, like if they were to make a shoe, what would it look like? And it's like, you don't really know, right? Yeah. Like you can probably make some guesses. But if now if I said, all right, Nike owns a hotel chain, what's it look like? You're like, boom, I got it. Like you can figure yeah. it out. And and so like a misconception of marketing is that all we're doing is trying to get the leads in and, and all of that. But in reality, we're trying to be able to build this like this brand that says this is what our hotel chain would look like. Right. Like something to that effect where you just feel it and it builds trust and you know how to react. Um, and it's not just go get me some more ads. Right. Get people in here. So. Right. So marketing has a big job, basically, uh, yeah. or, or it can. Right. If it's. uh headed correctly and and in an organization that that fosters that. Um, so now we need to assemble our our A team, right? Yeah. Who who should be on that marketing team? So let's say, you know, we have critical roles that we need to fill. Um, we don't have limitless budget. <laughs> what are the critical roles that we really need to have on our marketing team? Yeah. So again, a lot of variables and it's going to depend on just so many things, right? So the the age of the company and like how mature the company is in their marketing efforts and everything will matter because as you, right. the smaller the company, the more of a like a generalist you have to be. Um, and so finding at that point, finding marketers who have multiple skills and can do multiple things, way more valuable um, than finding like a specialist who can do one thing really well. But it's like at that point, you probably don't even know if that one thing is what's going to work for you. Right. And so... Um, as the company grows, you start including more specialists and finding all of those roles um, and potentially even building like individual teams to knock out certain things. Um, but you should, you should have someone who's really good at content, right? At least one person who can just crush it. Ideally, everyone on your marketing team should be good at written communication. Um, like here at Lean Labs, we, everyone who works for us on the marketing team can write. It's like, right. it's a requirement, barrier to entry. Um you should have at least one person. And again, this is a skill that everyone should probably have is some sort of like data analytics, like to be able to look at numbers and find the story in it, right? What is this telling us about the actions that we have taken? Um, it feels easy, but there's actually a lot like it's important. It's, it's hard. Um, and a lot of people aren't as good at it as they believe they might be. Um, strategies. Right. Having someone like as a strategist who can just look, say, like, based on my experience, I know these things can work um, if we go do it. Right. That's um, a, a loaded question. There's so many roles you could have. I know there's so many. Um, well, these things kind of inter- intersect with one another. Right. Because your yeah. strategy will include the content and it should be built on the results of the data analysis. So you really do need at least people who are skilled in those things, whether or not those people are wearing multiple hats is, uh, is a different question. For example, like we've, we've had a great marketing team for for a year. We've been around for 10 years. Our team has grown substantially over the past year, but it's only now that we have a, like a video content specialist on the team. 
Um, and that's like his job is just create, create video content from everything else we're doing. But like, we didn't necessarily have that before. It was like me making a video um, based off blog content that I had also written. And now it's, you know, it's okay. Like he gets a job done and providing content, but like he's creating stuff. It's like, ooh, like yeah. <laughs> you, know, you, you watch and you're like, bro, this is awesome. Uh, <laughs> same thing with like social media. We have someone who's great at social media. Now we have team members who have like done things on social and have built up followings on their accounts and stuff. But like, we haven't really done anything with our company accounts. And so now it's like, all right, we have someone who can actually do this and help us help us grow this because we're at the point as a company where we can have that, right? It wouldn't have made sense for us 10 years ago to be focused on that instead of nailing like an organic strategy first. And right. So, yeah. So you're hiring marketers. Uh, what skills and experience do you look for when you are hiring a marketer? Yeah. So... Another loaded question, I know. Yeah, I have, <laughs> I have interviewed. <laughs> I've interviewed a lot, a lot of people. Um, probably two hundred plus now. Wow! Um, like for Lean Labs, and I think, I mean, what we're looking for in a marketer is probably what any like B two B SaaS company should be looking for as well. Um, one of the first things I'm trying to do is figure out culture fit, which you just get by the feel, right? Just through conversation. Um, you can tell pretty quick if someone would actually fit in with the team. And that for me specifically, that's, that's super important because if, yeah. if someone comes in and they're going to disrupt every, like the, the happiness that we have here, right? <laughs> like just the way of doing things, our mojo, um, it's, it's not worth, it. even if they have some great skill, I'm not willing to compromise on not treating people the way I think people should be treated and stuff. So that's probably As a member one, of right? the team. I very much appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> uh, and I mean, it's the same, right? If we have a, you don't want to work with people who are just going to bring you down, right? Work should be fun. And so culture, um, pretty big, especially if you're in a startup or something, it's fast paced and like, it's hard. Some days you got to put in long hours and like, if yeah. you can put in long hours, but still enjoy being around people who you're working with and like, you know, you feel good about it. Like it's going to go a lot, a lot further. Like you don't mind putting in extra time, you know, every so often because you're part of it. Like you enjoy it. Right. Well, and it's a different uh, mindset for the worker, right. That you're bringing in that, uh, mm -hmm. would flourish in an environment like a startup or in, you know, like a fully yeah. remote environment, like lean labs as, um, and mm -hmm. I feel like that's something you have to consider as well. Cause not every, not every worker is designed for every environment. That's just yeah. how people are. hundred <laughs> yeah, percent. Um, but I would say the skills, so willingness to test and to learn things, um, really fast, right? I got hired like when Kevin was looking at me, it wasn't because I was a great marketer and I, I was going to make an awesome addition, uh, to all of our strategies. Like I didn't have a lot of marketing experience, um, but I had finished seven years in the army and had worked up a decent, you know, professional background on that side. Um, and so he knew I could solve problems. And like, when you can solve problems and you can learn stuff, it's like you can show up and you just, I'm going to test. I'm going to keep figuring things out. And like, I spent my first year writing a lot of content, creating a lot of pages, figuring out what works, what doesn't, reading books, right? Using that gift to go in second, like, oh, these guys did it. They finally figured it out or they didn't figure it out. Let me just not, not do that. Yeah. Um, and then now it's great. And I can sit in a conversation and like, I've got a great understanding of marketing and I can execute on all these things. And so I'm kind of looking for that similar those character traits in the people that i'm talking to like even if even if you're not going to be the most mind-blowing marketer right out of the gate 
if you show that willingness to learn and you're able to to show up and just crush it because you're going to figure out whatever the problem is. Um, like that's a great addition to the team, especially in something with marketing where just because you're a great copywriter doesn't mean that's the problem we're having that needs to be solved, right? Maybe, you know, there's so many other like little details that could be happening with what we're working on. Maybe we're not sending them to the right offer here. So even though the copy on this page is great, right? Three steps ago, we had promised something else and like done it. So we need to be able to look like more holistically at the marketing funnel. Um, or maybe like, yeah, right. If you talk to a, a video agency, like their solution, every problem is more video. If you talk to an ad agency, their solution is more ads. Right. Um, you don't want to like focus yourself, right? The Your ad hammer is not going to work on every nail that we're having for problems. And so uh, finding people who are willing to try out ideas to learn more and just test out other things is pretty important. Um, storytelling is huge. If you can tell great stories, like that you are going to be a good marketer. Like there, you have more potential. I can't say you're going to. Um, here, fun fact for for any listeners right now. Like that's one of the reasons why you got hired very quickly was because like you write book, you write fiction stories. Like if you can right. create my these worlds, I didn't have marketing experience or a lot of marketing experience either. Yeah. but that's why I resonate with your story, right? I didn't have yeah necessarily direct experience but the life experience and other work experience i had kind of dovetailed into showing that i had the ability to learn it right um, and you have proven that it worked like hiring off character is uh is important and like you had the requisite <laughs> skills to be able to do everything but it's you as a person who's showing up and like being willing to learn and test stuff and, and go it's like helped you grow substantially as a marketer so, yeah like, yeah um, but the storytelling, right? you, you write fiction books. And so like, obviously you're coming in. I'm like, all right, all right I know she can tell stories. <laughs> right. um, one would hope. <laughs> and so now it's like with one of the other skills, right? Empathy, just being able to empathize with your target audience and understand who they are and what they care about and all this um, goes a long way. And so being able to storytell and do that and be like willing to just show up and crush it. Like, it's awesome. But the, obviously anyone listening can probably tell, like, I don't, I, <laughs> experience matters less to me than everything else. I was going to say, it sounds like soft skills are maybe a little more important, yeah. uh, you know, personality traits, cultural right. fit, um, attitude, right? Are, are things you're looking for personally more so than hard skills. Right. And, and again, the hard skills will come in a lot more later on. Like as you have a more mature company, hard skills matter more. Right now, as I'm hiring for Lean Labs, I'm looking for very specific skills that someone can show up and teach our team on day one. So you got to be a culture fit. You still got to have all the other skills that I feel we need. But like, I'm at the point I could spend a lot of time training the team on various new things, or I can find someone who's already gotten results, bring them into the team, and then we can execute with that. And now I've just leveled up the entire team because we all learn from each other. And so it makes right. it you know, just way more uh, uh, like cost effective and just easier because we all get to keep doing our things, but grow. Um, but now that I've interviewed so many people on the going back to like the experience side i've realized that there's a huge difference between like 10 years like i've had people tell me they have 10 years of experience and then when i ask them to point to a result they can't give me anything or they keep talking about one thing that they've done and so i realized like there's a huge difference between 10 years of, having 10 years of experience um like actual experience versus one year 10 times 
Right. And a lot of people do have that, right? You might work five years as a marketer, but if you're doing the same exact thing every year, yeah, you're going to get really good at that. And you might have some, you know, some knowledge about that, but you're not actually like using that year to your advantage and like learning stuff and growing. Um, and it like that, yeah, that's a, so if you can point to results and actually see, and it's something I recommend to everyone on our team to do, like before going into quarterly reviews, it's like capture all your wins through the quarter, show up to be able to tell me what you've done that you're proud of and stuff and what you've learned, because one, to make sure that I see it right when I'm doing reviews, I now know like, Hey, you did have all these wins. I didn't notice all those. Let's talk. That's awesome. Um, but it also helps you with like, you're showing yeah. your experience and your growth. You get to see it. Um, and when we start talking about like building confidence in our, our team members, right? Confidence is part of an equation where if you have clarity and competence, you're able to build confidence. And so if you know exactly what you have to do, you're going to be more confident. And if you have uh, proof, like demonstrable proof that you've done this before and you know what you're doing, you're more confident. And so just by like collecting those wins throughout, you're able to see, um, you're able to feel more confident and then go out and get more of those results. So, um, oh man. Okay. That was like a, no, that was great because that answered great, like but... several of my questions kind of all in one, right? We kind of talked a little bit about the the hard skills and but it, you know, uh, and established that it does matter whether you're looking for more hard skills or more of the, you know, focusing on soft skills yeah. and just getting the right person and helping them grow to learn the right hard skills mm -hmm. depends on where your organization is at, right? Where your company is at yeah. and what fit you need. Um, but you talked a lot about culture, the mm -hmm. importance of a culture fit. Um, bringing in the right people, which again, as a member of the team, I very much appreciate that that is uh, an important hiring criteria because it does, it changes, um, you know, the day-to-day -day of all the team members if everyone that you work with is uh, enjoyable to work with. And I, I love our entire team. Um, what skills, or I'm sorry, what advice do you have for fostering a killer culture? I feel like we have a really great culture here. Um, so how, how, how did you do it, right? <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah, there's a lot. Uh, first, Kevin did a great job setting up strong groundwork for everything we're doing culture-wise. Like, yeah. he, Kevin is very good at setting a bar and holding it there. And, like, everybody who's come in since then has maintained the bar, right? And so, um, and we keep raising the bar. and Everybody's keeping up. It's great. Uh, but the, the important thing about culture is that like it's the one thing in an organization that the leader owns entirely. No one else can come in and say, this is the culture. Um, what you do have is the culture and then the climate, right? The culture is the ideal. It's what you're aiming for. The climate is where we're actually at and stuff. So if you're looking at a, like a, you have your thermometer set, your thermostat is set at whatever temperature, right? Versus you're trying to get it back to that and it's going to keep changing. Uh, but it's up to the leader to maintain that. And the difference is called the, the culture gap and the just being like having a kind of a bead on it, right? Knowing the pulse of the organization and being able to say, hey, guys, we're slipping on these things. Like, this is how we operate. We need to get back to there. Um, that's something only the leader of the organization can do. And so pretty important. Um, to do that, I think there's times where you have to step up and like, you're like culture killers. Right. That are things that are just going to ruin your organization if you let them yeah. go on. Um, one one of the big ones that I've seen in a lot of the teams that I've been a part of is gossip. 
and just letting gossip go. Like there's one thing to like talk to other people and like whatever, but um, at some point it's, it is not healthy and it does not help right. the organization. It becomes very toxic because even if someone else is just trying to vent and like help, it's like, go talk to the person you need to vent like that you're having an issue with. Cause as soon as you, I go talk to someone else, I'm now like making that person bitter towards, <laughs> towards the individual right. as well, even if they don't think it right. I had one, um, when I was in the army, I had a, so I was the battalion operations officer. Right. So I got, um, all these people that report to me and we got a new captain. He came in and started talking to me. He came, actually came into my office, shut my door and started just talking <laughs> about our battalion commander and just like saying all these like negative things. He doesn't like how he runs the team, blah, blah, blah. I'm just, you know, going off. And so at the end I was like, all right, man, which one of us is going to tell him? <laughs> and he was, he was like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, we, there's a problem. Obviously we need to take care of it. Do you want to tell him? Do you want me to? Cause we can't just sit on this. Like we have to fix it. And he was just not, not thrilled. So like I opened my door in the office. I'm like, all right, so never come back in my office again and start gossiping. Yeah. And he never gossiped again. Actually, he found a new home because he was, because he was that type of person, right? Who was going to keep doing that. And so he realized yeah. if they're with, they're maintaining the culture, I'm not going to be a fit here. And so he found a new home. Like it was great. Um, it takes a level of maturity to be able to do that, to have a problem with someone and say, I need to talk to them before this gets worse. Right. right. Like you've everyone has had that time where they sit back and they're like, maybe it's on a Friday. Right. You like you talk to a coworker who bothers you and now you got to sit through the weekend just like <laughs> stewing in it. You're just like, oh, I can't <laughs> wait. But if you would just talk to them like Monday, just, hey, man, you said this on Friday. Didn't feel great. Um, this what's up. Can we work through this? And then usually they're going to be like, oh, yeah, it's like, sorry. Right. Especially if you have a good culture. That's how it's going to be. Rather than me spending the weekend out going to other people being like, can you believe that Bill said this? Like it just destroys like positivity within the organization. So that's got to be nipped immediately. And that's the same for like, no matter what team you're in. I know we're supposed to be talking about like building a marketing team, but that's like big. Yeah. And marketers are great at storytelling and spreading a message. <laughs> so you don't want them gossiping right? anyways, right? <laughs> we're twice as dangerous. With yeah. <laughs> don't piss off your marketing team. Um, but then the other one, so like lowering the bar, right? I, I get like Kevin was great at holding that bar and we, yeah. we do need to to maintain that. Um, there's another saying that I've, I've used before. Um, like you don't step over trash, right? If you're walking down the street, especially if it's your like your community or your your property, there's trash on the ground. You're gonna pick it up and put it away because it's like you don't want that there. Like it kind of kills everything, right? Uh, the more pride you can get in, in your organization and your team and everything, the more often you're going to see opportunities to pick up trash and not step over it. Um, and a lot of times that just comes down to like, Hey, when this is not how we do things, right. People like us do things like this. That's literally like Seth Godin. I'll keep bringing him up today. Um, <laughs> that's how he defines culture. Right. And, and it's true. So like, if you can see that everyone on the team is actually doing these things to, to maintain the standard and to hold that bar that you have set, then you're, you're showing that you have a pretty good culture. But as soon as you start stepping over that trash or, or watching other people do it and you don't correct them, like it's just going to keep happening. It becomes habitual. So, yeah. yeah. So the leader is setting the example in that uh, piece, right? And honestly, in, in both of the things you, you spoke about, right? Um, because I do feel like too, even with the gossiping, um, 
the the leader is able to kind of set the tone for the team that either sets up an environment of kind of, you know, fear and where people feel like they need to be kind of clandestine and stick to their, you know, safe little cliques of, of allies <laughs> and gossip with one another. Or the leader sets the tone for a culture of openness and um, communication where people do feel comfortable uh, approaching yeah. someone directly with a problem. Um, how important is the leader of the team in building a marketing team? A aside from just, obviously, we talked about a little bit about hiring the right people. That's, of course, uh, an influence. But what other areas uh, is the leader just super vital in building the team? Everything. <laughs> Everywhere. All right. Next question. Next question. <laughs> uh, Done. <laughs> yeah, I mean, everything, everything comes down to the leader. So the, the leader of the organization is responsible for everything the team does or fails to do. Right? You can delegate authority. You cannot delegate responsibility. Everything goes back to the leader. So if the, the team's failing, it's because the leader didn't do something to make sure that the team had everything they need to be successful, whether it's clear communication, clear guidance on the tasks, making sure they have the right resources, making sure they understand why we're doing something so they can be motivated about it. Um, everything comes back to the leader. And so when we're talking hiring, right? All right, hey, this is the position we're hiring for. This is the type of person that we want. This is how we need to actually go through the hiring process so that when, they, when they're coming in, like we, we're very deliberate about how we do our, our hiring. And that first, I've had three meetings this week and it, they have thanked me at the end of the meeting for how the meeting actually felt for them. And I've had other people say like, hey, thank you for just making me feel like so comfortable for this. This was like completely different than other meetings I've been in. It's like, we want that because I don't want someone coming in and giving me stock answers for an yeah. interview because they know they typed into chat GPT. How do I answer these questions? <laughs> right. And now they're just reading AI prompts to me. It's like, no, I want it to be like conversational. Let's see how you actually like feel here. And just because that's what we're going to actually be dealing with and talking through, you know, in other right. days, like, um, and so like, so yeah, so like for hiring, right, you're completely setting the tone for all of that. Now for how do, how do we do work? How do we deliver stuff to our clients? How do we, um, how do we put stuff out to market? Right? Like every little detail comes back to the leader. And when you're in a, a marketing team, if you're a marketing leader, CMO, now you do have other challenges, right? You're not just taking care of your team. You also have to answer up to, you know, the CEO, to the board, whoever else is is kind of in this, you need to talk to your peers, like who's the chief revenue officer, who, you know, all of these other roles. And so you need to now not only lead down, but you're leading up and you're leading to the sides and you're making sure that you have great communication everywhere. You're making sure that you're, you're doing things. You have this like interpersonal tact to be able to go out and say, Hey, how can I help you? Right? Because my team's doing a bunch of things, but like, if I can find a way to tweak it so that we're also going to be helping with whatever you're doing, right? If I can move both of our initiatives, boom, we now have like a positive sum game yeah. going on, right? Rather than pulling and and taking everywhere, right? We, if we have to fight over budget to see who gets more, um, I would rather that we find a way that we can both use the budget to help each other at the same time. And now it's less stressful. Um, and so, uh, whew, man, I feel like this, this, in case you haven't been able to tell, I'm very passionate about like leadership stuff. So <laughs> yeah, um, that's why I was really excited to chat with you about this today. So we're talking like yeah. so if we're looking at leadership skills, just to kind of give the question a little more uh context, because I do feel like it's a, a very broad topic um that has a thousand yeah. answers. <laughs> um, but to hone in specifically on skills, it sounds like um, you know, like empathy, communication, those are two. Uh, skills that are essential for constructing, managing a marketing team. 
what other leadership skills would you personally slot as some of the most important ones? Yeah. So you need, yeah, I don't believe in any like one set leadership style. It's there again, there's so many variables. There's always going to be a different team. There's always going to be a different problem. There's always going to be like a different market. Um, you need to be flexible to jump into any, any team or solution. Right? You'll see a lot of some, I can't say a lot, right? You'll see some CEOs who do really well at one company. They jump into a new company and they try running it the same exact way, probably more frequently with CMOs. And they just say, oh, this worked here. I'm going to do the yeah. exact same thing here, but they don't take into account everything else that needs to happen. Like maybe you had some all-star players who were just doing stuff in the background you didn't even know about. And right. so, and now with this new team, they don't have that level of experience. You're going to try it. You're just wasting money, and potentially hurting the company. So being flexible upfront on your leadership style is, uh, is critical. But then with that, uh, man, there's a bunch of different like terms for how you can frame this, but the, the overall like leadership kind of methodology I believe in is mission command, which you got from the army. Um, Jocko Willink uses it. Uh, what's he call it? Decentralized command as the terminology there, but basically you're just taking the power from person up top and giving it down to the bottom, right? There's a, a general, uh, Marine Corps general, uh, crew lock. They, they created Krulak's Law based off his, and it's about the strategic corporal. Why is the, per, the general up top the one making all the decisions when the guy on the ground doing the fighting on the front line is the one who can see in real time what's actually happening, right? So for a leadership style, especially on a marketing team, right? Yeah, we can all work together. We can build a strategy. I can put out guidance for this is our strategy. But the person doing the work, if they see an opportunity, Right, or they see that something's not going to work. If they have to go all the way back up the chain to the CMO to say, "Hey, can I have permission to do this?" We just yeah. wasted a ton of time in order to make that happen. And so, as much power as you can give the people actually doing the work to say, "This is, um, you know, I see this opportunity. I'm going to run with it because we have the potential to win." And yeah, there's going to be times when that doesn't work out, right? But when we go back to like some of the skills that we said we a marketing hire should have, it's talking about like making sure they have a, a willingness to learn and test, right? They're, you want them be, being willing to take responsibility and ownership over everything within their court. Um, but as a leader, like we need to give them that. And so one of the critical skills there is delegation, right? I need to be able to say these are your left and right limits, right? If, if it could cause a problem that's more expensive than $50,000, Bring it to me, please. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, but like anything, and, and obviously that number changes per, per organization. And it could be like, hey, you're a new hire. If you think the problem's not going to cost more than $5,000 to fix, you got my blessing. Go keep working through this stuff. Um, and ideally, they don't have a problem because they're collecting the information. They're going through the motions to make sure they're doing the right things and they can execute on that. Um, so yeah, delegation's huge. Then when they do fail, using it as a learning point and not a punishment. Like, right. Don't like, otherwise they're not going <clears> to <throat> be willing to take any of those risks in the future. And right. So, so that's the easiest way to stifle any sort of, you know, if you want your, your team to be mm -hmm. creative and willing to work autonomously, it's the easiest right. way to stifle that. Right. Um, yeah. So I would say those are the, you know, the biggest skills that you should, uh, keep on your team.
or you as a leader should have for your team rather. Right. To help support them and then craft them. Um, now the, I'm of the mind that team building, uh, you know, building a marketing team isn't just about creating the the initial team. It's an ongoing process, right? That that happens every day. Um, so, what tips would you have for maybe a newer leader who's coming into an existing team, looking to motivate them, or you know, someone who's not necessarily just hiring their dream team off the bat? So, if you're coming into a new team, take 30, 60 days to just listen, right? Learn, listen, see how they're operating. It's going to change. The time frame changes per team. Um, show up and don't change things right away. That's one of the quickest ways to fail because you're going to bring in some idea for what you think is working, uh, but you don't know what's actually working for this team, right? Maybe they do things a specific way and they actually know better than you on this. And so taking some time to just sit back and say this, is, all right, these are the things they're doing. This is why they're doing them. I would like to change these things because of this. And and then approaching them, not in a, all right, guys, we're done doing it this way. This is how we're doing it. But conversationally, hey, guys, I've noticed we do it this way. Are there other things I'm missing about why we do it that way? Because I've done this at this organization. It worked. Is there a way we can blend, we can do this? Because um, ideally, everyone just wants to win. Or even right. better, no one wants to lose. And so <laughs> we're going to keep doing the things in order to make it happen. Um, but showing up and just changing everything is going to breed animosity right. Right, right away. People are going to say, who does this guy think he is? You know, coming in and saying he knows better on all of this stuff. Um, so that's one. Um, ideally, your team, whether you're growing it or not, is intrinsically motivated, right? The best employees are going to, they're there because they want to be there. And that doesn't mean you can't still give them, like reward them and praise them and like do all of the good things. You still need that. Um, like no one, no one's ever been hurt from a pat on the back. Right. <laughs> right. Um, maybe, I don't know, but, um, <laughs> it sounds good though. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Sound like, um, but like ideally everyone's just intrinsically motivated because they want to do a good job and they're being, they're being paid appropriately. Right. They have the benefits that they need so they can just focus on doing their job and they're there because they want to be there and they love getting the results because it's something that you're letting them do like you've, you've given them permission to come in and like you get you have the you can go work anywhere right you gotta get hired obviously but you get <laughs> right. you have choice like you chose to work here for us so i'm gonna do everything i can to help you um, do this but they did choose and so now they ideally are intrinsically motivated and they're gonna work through it and like um to achieve their goals and so um when it comes to motivating the team right hopefully they're already motivated Make sure not to stifle that by doing whatever it is you might think is a great idea and that, you know, the good idea fairy comes in and trickles down all these, these new thoughts and you're like, let's do it. And then you realize, oh, that actually contradicts everything that we're actually doing right now. Nobody's actually excited about it. Um, if you have high performers, just coming in and telling them how to do something is going to like hurt their motivation. They know how to do it. They want to think creatively and go execute. Let them let them do that. That's a great, I think, a great way to to wrap it up, right? Where it's the, I think maybe if we can distill it into a thought, one of the keys to being a great leader for your marketing team is learning about your people, understanding your people, and empowering them to do the job that they need to do. Um, which 100%. I mean. I think uh, you guys have been doing a great job of that here at Lean Labs. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> 
Cheers for you. Um, But thank you so much for chatting with me today, Chris. This has been a great discussion about building, motivating, leading marketing team. Um, I really hope this information can help our listeners create incredible, productive teams that can crush all of their targets for them. Um, So thanks, everyone, also for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to make sure that you never miss an episode. And until next time, this has been Growth Team Radio. Want to grow your business? Trying to find the right path to do it? Well, we've got the answer. Go to stopscaling.com. Yes, you heard right. Go to stopscaling.com, where we'll show you the exact way to grow your business this year.